Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Comic Boogies podcast. This week we have yet another interview. He released his Kickstarter not too long ago, Modern Godhood, and he is here back again his second time on the show to announce his next upcoming Kickstarter project, The Macabre Motel. Mr. Frank Martin. Frank, thank you so much for joining us again. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me. I got to correct you, though. It's not upcoming. It's it's live and it's in so, charge. It's happening. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So everyone go out and support the Kickstarter right now as you're listening to this. Don't even listen to what the book's about. Just go out and get it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, shoot, man. So we talked to you within – I actually look back at the date. We talked to you less than a month after you know things shut down in the middle of March – due to COVID. So how's, how's everything going for you? Hopefully everything, you know, you and, and yours are healthy. So how, how are things since you know, we last talked to you as far as that's concerned? I mean, everything's okay in New York. Everyone's kind of settled into a routine, masks everywhere, staying away from each other. And we kind of figured, we've kind of figured out activities we could do, places we could eat outside, our crazy school schedules and just kind of figuring it out, you know, everybody, it seems in the beginning, everybody was uh, cranked up to 10 all the time and freaked out. And now we're pretty much doing the same things we were doing before, but we're not just freaked out about it. We're just like, okay, another drive-in movie or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. How would you say, I guess, from the professional aspect, it's affected you? I mean, I'm sure you guys spent a lot of time gathering your thoughts for different projects, so... With things shut down for as long as it was, I'm sure you had more than enough time to create a lot of new ideas. Yeah, uh, I would say me personally, I'm still doing the same thing productivity-wise. I'm still writing the same amount and creating the same amount. It's just the logistics of when and how I do it have changed because the kids' schedules are all over the place. My wife's schedule is all over the place. And I feel fortunate in that in that I it hasn't really hit me enough mentally or emotionally that stunted my my work. But, yeah, there are a ton of creators out there that are super anxiety-driven. They're just like, I can't write anything or draw or the lack of cons, the lack of social interact. It's kind of – it's really just hit them on, a, on an emotional level. So uh, – and it, not just creative people. It's hit everybody. So I kind of – I feel fortunate that I've charged ahead and it hasn't really it hit me much on that side of things. Being like independent and everything, Frank, how how was it uh, kind of, uh, you know, having a detour around all the issues that could have been came that could have came up with COVID as, you know, trying to get uh, uh, in touch with the artist and, you know, the the uh, the penciler and the inkers and whatnot. How, how, how did that go with this I mean, new project that you got going for the most part? Everything is online anyway. So as far as communication is concerned, it was just sending emails back and forth. I mean, maybe sometimes people are slow to respond because they got other stuff going on. I would say the biggest side of things would be on the not so much the creating side, but the, the distribution and sales side. Comic shops really got hit hard when it started. Conventions shut down. No more signings. So um, yeah, a lot of things were shifted to online sales. And I don't know if we spoke about this last time, but yeah, when I when I launched the Kickstarter in April, people were talking about should I even be launching a campaign right now, crowdfunding, because unemployment skyrocketed. Should I be asking people to buy my stupid comic book? 
and and things seem to be turning around so much a little bit now. Shops are back open. Kickstarter is jam packed full of comic books. Conventions is a whole nother story, but a uh, little bit at a time. You can't get it all at once. Yeah, well, I'm wondering too with Kickstarter that that's actually brings up a good point because that's what I was wondering with all of the unemployment rates skyrocketing. You know, I wonder percentage wise how many projects were fully funded and how much and how many were not because you see. I go on there every now and then and I see some of these projects are still being like 700% funded and like it doesn't seem to slow down as far as what I'm seeing. But then again, I don't look at every single person's uh, Kickstarter, you know? No, no, I don't think it's slowing down. I think the percentage of um, projects launching was lower. So they didn't have as many projects on Kickstarter laid off a whole bunch of people during during lockdown, which was which was big news. But the percentage of projects getting funded are is is still the same or not better. I mean, I think the comics community as a whole just celebrated. They moved into number two on the categories on Kickstarter for for funds raised. So yeah, comics are kind of killing it. The big news was Keanu Reeves launched his Kickstarter like last mm-hmm. month. It's got like two million dollars or something insane. No, I didn't have two million. Maybe maybe like a little. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was it was a lot of money. It was not uh, Frank Martin McCobb Motel money. So, uh, so yeah, comics, comics and Kickstarter is is it doesn't look like it's dying down anytime. So, so Keanu Reeves is doing a Kickstarter on top of that Berserker that he's got coming out. With that is the that is the Kickstarter. Oh, it's a Kickstarter. Oh, okay. I thought that it was because it was supposed to be like what Boom, right, or something. I thought it was Boom. Boom is the publisher. He's listed as the co a co writer, co creator, along with Matt Kent. He's a great he's a great writer. I'm sure he's like the idea guy. You know, he's not really writing the script and stuff like that. But yeah, it helps to have a movie star attached to your project. Yeah, I heard yeah. it got pushed back though, but yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt. So I think what they did, I'm not sure. I didn't really look. I didn't back it. I didn't look too far into it. But it seems what they're doing is they they have. They're releasing in single issues and then collecting the issues in volumes. And then they have three volumes. So basically, Kickstarter was strictly for pre-ordering the, vo- the three volumes to be de- delivered directly to your door. So you'll be getting the three volumes throughout 2021. And I think the last one is even in 2022. So if you back this Kickstarter now, you're not going to get the next book till two years from now. So it's mm. but, but apparently people went for it. <laughs> A lot of people, like 15,000 backers or something, insane like that. For you specifically, I know, speaking about your current project, the Macabre Motel, did you have any fears at any point during the COVID thing? Like, damn, like, is this going to be able to, are we going to be able to just get it out? Uh, nah, nah I'm just kind of, I, I I went through that in the beginning with the the Modern Godhood, because that was an yep. I was right at the beginning. And uh, a lot of creators, we, we talk, we network back in, on social media and stuff, and there was a big discussion whether or not I should hold off or push push ahead and ultimately i decided to push through and it was great um guys like you to help me talk about it help get it funded and my reasoning at the end of the day was so much of the world and so much of business is disrupted i'm not going to disrupt another you know gear in the in the machine so if i if i don't launch the project and that means the artists that are working on the book don't get paid that means the printer that prints the book don't doesn't get paid that means Kickstarter, the people that work there don't get paid. So uh, just kind of keep on going and try to get funded and and try to keep the, the oil in the in the machine. 
So, I mean, Sean just mentioned it, but Macabre Motel, first of all, early congrats. We know it's going to get fully, fully funded, um, and we'd be happy to help out with that as well. Um, but go ahead and, like, kind of introduce it, you know, Tell us what tell us and the fans like what you can about the book. All right, so it's uh, I call it a, it's a Twilight Zone sort of inspired one shot. I call it a horror book, but it's not like scary in your face gory horror. It's more I call it atmospheric horror, more dread, more kind of like just weird and bizarre horror. It's a simple story about a guy that's on his way to meet his girlfriend's family for the first time, and he, it's late at night. He's tired. He pulls over at this weird rundown motel that's filled with crazy people. And at some point, he gets totally freaked out by them, and he tries to leave and just can't. He's kind of stuck there. So simple premise, simple story, uh, totally weird, totally off the rails. So I had a blast creating it, and it's weird when you make something that's so out there. You never know how people are going to react, but so far, uh, feedback has been positive. So um, I'm excited about it. We definitely don't want to give away too much, but we did read it, and we all have a consensus that we definitely enjoyed it. Easy read, definitely one of those like weird type of this guy's pretty screwed in this motel. I sure in the hell wouldn't want to be there. What made you go in that direction with this comic book? So I, I wanted, the idea was that to have a bunch of crazy, kooky, weird people, even so far out there that maybe they're from another dimension, they're from another world. And I was thinking if these people are traveling around, they need to stop somewhere that's comfortable to them. You know, I have a line in the book where the motel manager says a place that kind of feels like home. So the, the origins of the story was this motel is going to have different rooms and they're going to be tailored to all these weird people that stay there. And ultimately the book kind of took a different direction where that wasn't explicitly the focus, but that was the, the seeds that eventually became the story. And it, it, it focused less on the people that stayed there and more on a guy visiting that was kind of freaked out by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. It kind of actually, I mean, as uh, as much as different as you say it might be, I mean, I think that with the whole with how the whole horror thing goes down, I think that a lot of people, especially comic book readers, I think that that's a genre that they actually really enjoy. I know that Alex over. Uh, uh, Treasure Island Comics, our sponsor. I mean, I know that horror is like his favorite genre, and he's always talking about how, you know, how I should get more into it. This book actually was very reminiscent in a way of a book that I recently read called Hotel by AWA. I don't know if you've, um, they're like a new publisher, but it's the- uh, John Lee's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the writer on the book. Yeah, I read the first issue. And especially since I was putting out a motel book, I wanted to kind of see what it was doing. And it's a similar in its concept in that you got a, a, a weird stories that are taking place in this off the beaten path kind of place to stay. But where I go in kind of a quirky horror, he goes straight hard and goes straight gore. And so uh, the tones of the book are definitely different. Yeah, definitely. And I'm obviously I don't want to give it away, but I think that the little you know, the little left field that we get towards the end that kind of leaves us, okay, what's going to happen next? So I think that you kind of set up the fans a lot. I mean, obviously, this isn't going to be a one shot or whatnot. You obviously in mind, do you already have uh, like ideas going forward? Or is it something kind of as a, you know, independent Kickstarter program that you kind of to see how this one does to like even start thinking about like the next one or what? 
No, man, this is a one-shot. I, I left it. Oh, it's a one-shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one-shot. Oh. At the very beginning, I, I had a Twilight Zone kind of centered focus where I was like, I'm going to, this is going to be a story. A guy is going to, you're going to be taking a long ride with this guy. And the end of the story is where you're going to leave him. And, and you're going to you can't one shot this for me, bro. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, this how often I hear that about people that whenever I tell them it's a one shot, they go, oh, what do you mean it's a one shot? <laughs> I mean, this goes, this, this is going down right my alley, man. Like in the, with all this indie stuff that I've been loving to read. And like, I, I was actually excited. I read Hotel as well. And I, I, I mean, I've been excited to see where this book's going to go. And now you're telling me it's a one shot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I'm a big fan. I, I grew up, uh, I watched Twilight Zone a little bit, but I grew up a lot with uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And they yes. love, and they oh, love, yeah. they love leaving you on that, on that, um, that ending, like what's going to happen next? And then they're like the end. So I was, <laughs> I, I grew up on stories like that, that uh, kind of leave you wanting more. And, and I, there's a lot of um, opportunity to mine in this universe. You know, I could do stories and the motel itself, it just revolved the characters, or I could take the characters and then uh, write a story based on each one of these characters. So there's definitely a lot of potential there. I never say never with anything. There's always, uh, I always leave the door open. But for the most part, I'm just going to have to leave you unsatisfied. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, or Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, those Goosebump books, too. You know, like in the books, and then when they kind of made them into the little one-shot little episodes of the TV show, it, it, it left you... Oh, what the hell, really? Like, what's gonna happen with that mask that the little girl wears for Halloween, or what's gonna, what's really down in the basement? You know, it's crazy. It definitely has an anthology feel to it. This story, like, it's part of a, that's part of an anthology. And you know what? I had a good time with the Kickstarter video too. Uh, I kind of, I dressed it, dressed up like a creep. I had pajama pants, a tuxedo shirt on, and a bucket hat, and I kind of acted like the the crypt keeper. You know, like I'm introducing this story. I'm about to to spin you a yarn and I, I had a blast with that so yeah i definitely frame this kind of like uh it's it's an anthology story where you're going to get in there you're going to list you're going to uh see what happens and then it's going to end and you just kind of have to live with it well while you have your current project out how far advanced are you into your next project is this something that you already been thinking about or are you kind of just like enjoying it right now just letting this kind of marinate so being a comic creator is weird because there's no timetable for projects. You know, some stuff might take months, some stuff might take weeks, but a lot of stuff could take years. And for some reason, all this stuff I've been working on is just kind of converging at the same time and finishing up like now. So I have the next eight Kickstarter launches lined up uh, throughout 2022. So I'm going to be great. Yeah. The next one I'm doing is going to be in January. And the book is finished. And uh, as this, as I'm promoting this Kickstarter, I'm already building the page for the next one. So nice. I'm I'm been busy. So that means we have at least eight more episodes to fill <laughs> in the next year or two for I'm sure. To bug you, I'm gonna try. Well, it's eight, to be to be fair, it's eight launches for five different projects. Not all of them are going to be standalone. So so Mark, you will get. I was just about, I was just going to ask you that. I was eight, just going to ask you if you plan shots. on. I was just going to ask you if you plan on uh, some of them being more than just one shots. Yeah, so I got I, a, I got a couple that are going to be two. I have a a detective story that's a two parter. That's like a, a like a noir kind of pulp kind of old school Maltese Falcon, Falcon kind of thing. Nice. And I have my next one in January is a two parter, and that's kind of like a sci fi 
adventure story. It's a, it's like uh, deep sea divers underneath Antarctica are on like a rescue mission. So nice. Oh, dope. It's totally different. I always do something different. It's never the same. It's where when I was in college, we learned about a, a few different genres of movies, and when we had L.A. Confidential, so that was pretty, that was pretty cool to see something like that. So it seems to me with the description of these next couple Kickstarters, you're going more in the direction of what the Macabre Motel is, and kind of away from Modern Godhood. Do you have something that's more like Modern Godhood on the, you know, like on the back burner, or do you think you're going to shift more towards what this one is going forward? I don't know. You know, I'm kind of a, a selfish creator in that I kind of write whatever I want. I don't really <laughs> think too much about what in. If I if I'm with a, an artist that has a particular style, I might I might ask them what they want, but it, I don't really plan things. I just kind of do them. You know? so I don't no, I don't have anything that's going to be high fantasy or um, mythology based. Um, I might have things that are in the realm of supernatural, but for the most part it's I'm I, I'm like so you guys familiar with Danny Boyle? Negative. Just he's, the hockey player, that's it. Former charts <laughs> player, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a director and he's done uh twenty eight days later at the zombie movie. Oh Something, yeah. yeah. So okay. he he's done a whole bunch of movies and I heard him in an interview once and he says I never want to tell the same story twice. I always want to just do something different from project to project. And if you look at his stuff, it's it's freaking crazy. He's done a zombie movie. He's done a sci-fi movie in space. He did Slumdog Millionaire. So he's done so many different stuff. And I, I kind of try to do the same thing where I'm just going to bounce around between sci-fi and horror and fantasy and and, and mystery. So I, uh, I bounce around. I'm all over the place. I was going to say you have like a Batman's like just his belt, like the utility belt of just all these different genres. It's you're like you're not sticking to just one. You're like a utility belt of of comics. And we love that. I mean, it's it keeps us guessing from from one Kickstarter project to the next. You know, I, I mean, I like it. It's a it's a blast. At the same time, it does have its cons. Uh, it works against me a lot of the time because if I launch a new project and I pitch it to the people who back the old one, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to transfer over because it's not in this. If you're a horror guy, you might like horror. You might not like the next thing I do. So it, I'm, I can't count on that same audience backing me. It also doesn't. A lot of times, like like the writer of Hotel, John Lees, he's built himself up as kind of a horror guy in comics. People know him like that. So he's he has a reputation. It's hard for me to, to develop that if I am all over the place and I'm kind of dipping my foot in a whole bunch of different genres. Not that, that I'm trying to do that. It's just um, it, it could be hard to gain a lot of traction sometimes with your work. I feel like I'm starting over from the beginning a lot with a lot of these projects. I mean, I'll be honest. I think that, um, you know, this story being if you ever did decide to continue, I think it'd be, uh, I mean, an awesome story. But Let's go into the mind of uh, you as a creator for some of the comic bookie fans out there, man. I want to ask you now, you say that you got eight uh, Kickstarters, you know, by 2022 on five projects and whatnot. Um, You know, tell the fans, how how does how does like your mind work in essence, you know, like is we all know a music artist or maybe a a painter. You guys are all artists in your own right. But in general, how does your brain work? Is it something that. You know, when you're with your kids, you're constantly thinking of a story or your wife or is it like, you know, I, I come to find that I think a lot and come up with certain ideas when I'm taking a shower for some weird reason. 
How about you, Frank? Like, how do all these stories, five stories coming up and all these ideas just flourish, you know, on a daily basis in the mind of a great uh, comic book writer like yourself? It's um, it's crazy. It's exactly like that. I'm, I'm kind of always in story mode. And it's kind of weird. A lot of creative people talk like this. I don't know how normal people are. Like, can you just go to bed and not just think about a million different things? Like, I can't I can't not do that. So. Yeah, I hear I hear a lot of times a lot of storytellers and creatives they say you have 50 ideas a day and 49 of them are shit. So you just kind of have to ignore it and throw it out and and not pay attention to it. But I, I'm sort of always in story mode. Like for instance, the um the story I was the next one I'm pitching in January. That's the the deep sea divers underneath Antarctica. Uh, I got that idea from a an article I read in National Geographic. I kind of I'm a big nat- National Geographic guy. I get it every month. And there was a story about they were diving under Antarctica in waters that nobody had been in before. And they were taking photos and they took pictures of all these weird creatures that are that you're familiar with. But they're they've evolved on these weird evolutionary tracks that nobody's ever seen before. It was like an alien world. You know, these these crabs with these huge legs and these eels that were freaking sparkling because they have there. There's no light down there. So I'm kind of like this is there will be this will be an awesome place to put a story. So and that's kind of how that story developed. So, so yeah, it's it's kind of, you're always looking for new ways to, to tell a story and different character arcs and different settings. It's just it's nonstop. It's constant. And, and then you probably things probably sh- come to your mind when you're like least expecting it. We all know how that works in life, right? Like you're trying to find a story, you're trying to cram, and like I can't think, I got writer's block or whatnot, and then like. Just one day when you're least expecting it, here comes just a bright idea, right? We all know how that works. It happens a lot uh, when you are by yourself or you're doing something that doesn't that requires your mind to drift. So like long car rides, if I'm by myself and I know I have a story coming up and I have to plot it out, I would just know that I could I could just do it on the car ride. And you were mentioning showers. Uh, last year, my wife asked me, what do you want for Father's Day? And I said right off the bat, I said, I want a waterproof notepad. She goes, do they make those? I go, I have no idea, but look for it, and if you find it, I want it. And she did. There's actually a couple different types, a couple different companies that make them. And, yeah, I have a waterproof notepad in my shower, and I'm just – and I just That's I'm, crazy. Like dialogue or whatever because I'm, you know, I'm kind of insane like that, yeah. Kind of adding to the question that Mark asked, now in terms of an artist standpoint, you have all these different – visuals that you want the comic to look like how much of an influence do you actually have because it seems you have all these different ideas i mean you know you have the macabre motel you have all these upcoming projects how much of the influence do you have in terms of the way it's going to visually look for the reader it depends it depends on the project it depends on the page you know it depends it also depends on the relationship i have with the artist so for something like this the macabre motel i wrote this book on spec so i basically wrote the script myself I went out looking for an artist and then and then he asked me how he wanted the characters to look and we went back and forth a little bit. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not an artist. I'm a terrible visual artist. I can't visualize anything. Like if my wife takes me and says, I need to design this room. How do you want it to look? I go, I don't know. Carpet, paint the walls. Like I, <laughs> I just can't I can't do anything visual. So I have to heavily rely on an artist. To, to come up with visuals on a page. If, if it's something in front of me, I can tell if it's good or not. I can tell what I like, what I don't like, and I can adjust from there. But for the most part, I read visual storytelling is an art form in and of itself that I have no skill for whatsoever. So 
I rely heavily on them and then kind of give the feedback. And that's the age old question between writer and artist. Uh, how much control should the writer give up to the artist to trust them to let them tell their story their own way? And in terms of like what you just said, what you like and don't like, what are you reading right now? What are you watching? Like, is there anything right now that you kind of like gotten into since the whole COVID thing? I just, from COVID, I, well, when comic stores closed, I jumped on the, um, the Marvel Unlimited app. So they have free comics that are on there originally. And then when lockdown happened, I think they probably like tripled it and they just threw a whole bunch of free comics on there. And I went through those and I got to read a lot of the old stuff, like the original Spider-Man's and mm-hmm. the, the original Dark Phoenix saga that I never read. And and what else? And also uh, right now, I just finished up The Boys. I was one of these people that waited until it all came out before I before I jumped in. I didn't want to wait every single episode. So on October 1st, when we were getting close to the finale, I decided to binge watch season one again. And then I went right into season two, and I watched it all in like three days. So. I, I still haven't watched days again. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It makes no sense, but that's okay. <laughs> you don't you don't watch the boys for it to make sense. All right. I gave my wife the uh, the choice either to start Ozark or to start the boys, and she knew that you know the boys kind of comic booky ish. She's like, oh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and watch the first episode of Ozark. And then if you know if, if it's just okay, then we'll go ahead and watch the boys. And yeah, let's just say we're like halfway through Ozark, so. <laughs> So Ozark, I haven't gotten to the boys yet. Ozark either. Ozark's a great show. Ozark yeah. is definitely a great show. Yeah. When you have when you have you know people getting shot in the head and guys falling from 80th story buildings, then yeah, you're gonna probably not want to jump to something else just yet. <laughs> I love my favorite was um, in the very first episode when he's when he's in the car and he's fantasizing when he's with some girl and that woman knocks on the window. Hilarious. Get <laughs> oh, yeah. jerk off here. <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious. It's, oh, it's man. Definitely a great show. Uh, so going back to the comics real quick, I wanted to ask because Modern Godhood and Macabre Motel, they have two different artists. Um, are you looking to have different artists? Uh, what, what's that? Oh. Modern Godhood has three artists in the anthology. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. So are you going to – are you going to stick to that and have the different artists on all of your upcoming Kickstarters? Or do you – you know, is there – you know what – if it's this kind of story, I want him or her. If it's this kind of story, I want him or her. Yeah, for the most part, I I work with different artists per um per project. I I come back. To, I I don't know why. I like to network, spread my wings, work with different people. I come back to these people sometimes for for variant covers. Like for instance, uh, Luke Cooper is a friend of mine. He does a variant cover. Macabre Motel. Ryan Kravoth is another friend of mine. He does another cover, a uh, variant cover for this book. Uh, but for, for, for the long-term stuff, like the actual interior art and developing a story, I try to work with different people just, just to change it up, try to do somebody new. Now, us being the Comic Bookies podcast, uh, before we, you know, we let you go, we have to ask, you know, of course, a sports question. So your boy, Touchdown Tom Brady with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We haven't forgotten your Buccaneers. And hey, after the Raiders have their bye to heal up, the your Buccaneers are are, are going to Vegas against them. So how do you think the NFL season's going so far? I mean, we've had postponements due to COVID. Um, you know, positive tests. The Atlanta Falcons just closed their facility today. So who knows what's going to happen with that crap? Um, how are you liking it so far? And how and how are you liking the bubbles of the NBA and NHL and stuff? 
Uh, I, I've been kind of strictly just watching football, and even then, I've just been con- strictly watching the Bucks. Uh, I know tennis is going on right now. Don't they have? Uh, they got finals. Um, uh, and and NHL and NBA kind of did it. And I don't know. NFL doesn't really have their act together as much. Obviously, not su- not surprisingly. But um, Tom Brady, man, I I don't. I don't know. He's seeing, honestly, it's like any other Bucks season because you got games where you're cheering and you're proud to be a Bucks fan and the other yeah. games where you're just, you're crying. So my dad has this theory that whenever you put on a Bucks jersey, you just immediately become an idiot. It just, <laughs> it just happens. It, there's no, there's no science to it. It's like you just become a dumb pirate. So I'm, I, I was watching the game last Thursday on his, on, I'm like Tom Brady. Yeah, this is gonna be great. He's just gotta get a first down. He's just, he's just gotta have to get in the field goal range. And he's done this a million times. He's freaking Tom Brady. This, this is in the bag. And then I see him turn over the ball and he's standing in the field. Like what? It's the fourth down. Four, oh yeah. Four, four horsemen on this. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. So he made a stupid pass. I'm like, how can you make that pass on third on fourth down? And he because he thought it was third down. Mm-hmm. And the ball was turned over. And he's like, it's fourth down, right? Like no, Tom, you lost the game. Get off the field. He's got that old man brain, man. He's just losing his marbles. But uh, but dumb dumb pirate. That's huh, Sean. I think me and Mark sometimes feel that way when we put on a Raider jersey. Sometimes we're dumb pirates too. <laughs> Definitely. But I think both teams are doing okay. I mean, I think the Buccaneers because the Saints aren't doing well. Eh, they're doing okay. But I think the Bucks are in first and the Raiders are in second. I was surprised. I didn't think that they were the first because they lost the first game to the Panthers. So I thought for sure that they were they weren't going to be the first, but they are. I mean, I don't know how long that's going to last. But you know, he had some games where he was awesome. In the first game of the season, he sucked. So I don't know. We'll, we'll long we, season. We got a lot of time. We will see. Yeah. So for the fans out there, please um, shout out your book one more time and let them know where they can get it, and for how much longer, please. Uh, the Macabre Motel is on Kickstarter. You can search uh, the Macabre Motel, M-A-C-A-B-R-E Motel is how you spell that. Uh, you can also find me at, at FrankTheWriter on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So I'm pushing it all over social media. You can you can kind of find it there. It's got 12 days left, I think. It ends on the 28th. So um, we're funded now. Um, and I'm still pushing forward. There's a ton of great rewards. I got uh, a standard cover that's awesome, two variant covers, some hollow foil editions that are looking awesome. And, uh, and yeah, I'm having a blast. People loving the book, and I can't wait for the next one. Definitely a uh, big congrats on the project, The Macabre Motel by Mr. Frank Martin. Uh, Frank, thank you for being on the show. Uh, definitely thank you for obviously – letting us interview you where i mean we're so excited for all the future projects that you mentioned you have coming up and just know that you always have a seat in our uh interview room with the comic bookie podcast every time anytime thank you man i appreciate it it's always fun talking to us yes uh and then hopefully we'll see you sometime in 2021 for one of your numerous uh you know your numerous next projects in kickstarter yeah hopefully uh when this pandemic has lessened uh, a little bit and I'm able to go outside. Yeah, no, thank you, man. And uh, congratulations, brother. I really like the concept of this book. I really do. And um, just uh, keep, uh, keep producing a man. Let us keep letting us know when you keep got more loop for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll, uh, 
I'll definitely hit you up for the next one. Cool. Definitely. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, you too. Thank you so much, Frank. We'll see you soon. Keep the family safe, brother. And there you have it, folks. Thank you so much again, Frank Martin, for jumping on the podcast with us. Everyone go over to Kickstarter right now and back his book right now. It's already 100%, over 100% funded, but keep funding it. Keep getting those rewards. Thank you so much to him, Macabre Motel from Kickstarter. Can't wait to have you on again for your next project. And that's it for episode 84 of the Comic Bookies podcast. Stay tuned. Last week, we have another another doubleheader, a double shot. Episode 85 is coming at you right now, another Strictly Sports episode. So for Mark and for Sean, this Comic Bookies podcast, enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, enjoy each other. Peace out. See you soon. Peace.